It's great to welcome back to the antidote, whosoever south. Thanks so much for coming, Rowdy. What's up, Dave? Glad to be here, man. Thank you for having us again. We last spoke in 2013 about your debut release, Going Home. So here we are now at six years and two albums later. So I guess we've got lots to talk about. Yeah, we got a little bit of catching up to do, man. That's for sure. But now I guess we're missing two other members of the band. And the most important one is your wife. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Yeah, uh, neither Sarah nor Mike could make it to the interview tonight. Everyone's tied up, but uh, they sure wish they could be here, man. And They wanted me to tell you hello and what's up for sure. You know something that's funny? I've never asked about the band name. It's unusual, so there must be a story behind it. Yeah, there is, actually. So um, maybe 2007 or 2008, our name of our group was Whosoever. And um, we did three underground albums as Whosoever. And uh, when we started venturing into bigger platform, when the Lord started opening up doors, uh, we started searching. And there was a, a band name that was very, very close to what we were using. So I uh, talked to some friends in the industry and and they kind of talked about, you know, changing it up. And we played around with a few names and just didn't feel led to that because we wanted to keep whosoever because it was based on the Romans 10, 13. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we realized that that was us. So we wanted to keep that. And uh, we also wanted to tie in our roots and, and where we from and how we was raised. So we just added the word south on the end of it and run with it, man. And it's worked good so far. <laughs> And it's not just the name that's unusual. Your music style is unusual. Country with hip-hop. I mean, until your band came along, I never thought that would be possible. Whose yeah. idea was it to take on that style? Man, I don't know. You know, it was, um, we grew up with such a great diversity of music um, with our parents. And uh, we all have a lot of brothers and sisters. So we heard just about any kind of music you could hear coming up as a child. And and it kind of stuck to us and stuck with us. And as we as we got older and married and all, we just kind of kept listening to so much different music from bluegrass to country to, to rock to hip hop. And, and so when we started making music, it was just natural to, to kind of use the elements that were so close to us, you know. And we didn't really even think about it being so different, Dave. We just wanted to make music. And, uh, and we wanted to use it in a way that, that was familiar to us, of course. So we just started throwing stuff together, man. We... Uh, the first song, actually, Sarah's dad come in the studio and we took some harmonica and put it down and started putting some 808s and kicks with it and just started rolling from there, man. <laughs> and since you decided you were going to be defying genres, you gave your style its own name. Uh, somebody did. I, you know, I ain't sure where the uh, country crunk came from, but it did kind of it did kind of stick to us and... Um, you know, we've kind of rode it through the whole way, man. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. Anytime I usually hear a bit of country, I just turn the song off. Right. You know, but I don't do that with Whosoever South. So I guess you're messing with my musical tastes. Yeah, man, that's right. We're trying to broaden your horizon, Dave. We, we want you to <laughs> try to open it up for you, man. But, but you know, it's I, I hear that a lot, Dave, and... It's, it's very usual people would tell us that, that and vice versa. So I've, we've had so many people come to us and say, man, I just really don't like country, but but I can listen to this. You know, I can feel it or I can't stand hip hop. I don't like rap music, but but when I put this in, I can feel it and I can listen to it. And we're thankful for that. 
that's not something that we had in our mind to do. Uh, that's just the Lord's work and, and how he used our talents. And that's what always makes me curious so about it is what kind of an audience do you draw? You know, it's, what's crazy about it is that when we do concerts and festivals or or even on social media, if you'll look, our fan base ranges from 10 years old to 85 years old. It's just, I don't understand it, but but it does, man. It just breaks down those age barriers and uh, and race and everything, man. It's just like people just come together and the music is so diverse, yet there's so much unity in it. Not everything from whosoever south has that country flavor. I guess I'm thinking of war going on from your sophomore sure. album, Come On In. Right. Absolutely. And and there's several. There's a couple on this new record uh, on back roads and small towns as well. That You know, we don't ever want to feel limited to one sound or one genre because as we're making music, uh, you want to vibe in it and, and whatever you're hearing, whatever you're feeling with the beat, you want to kind of go in that direction. We don't try to force it uh, to be a certain way at any time. So most of the songs come naturally, like uh, Georgia and That's Country. You know, the songs with our, our traditional sound, mm-hmm. with the banjos, guitars, harmonicas, and things. And then other songs we set out to make different. You know, we we want to give people that wouldn't normally listen to that type of music an option as well. Of course, you're talking about album number three, Backroads in Small Towns. Right. 2013 had Going Home, and then just a year later, you released Come On In. That's right. So you were quick off the mark with those two. Why the long wait for number three? Huh. Oh, so many reasons. You know, sometimes I think music has to be from the heart. You know, I, I don't think uh, music is something that you rush. And sometimes you just got to li- live a little bit and you got to listen. I think oftentimes it's possible to do too much talking and not enough listening. So in our case, we felt like it was time to just sit back and listen, watch the industry uh, listen to people, listen, we you know what the Lord is trying to tell us in our music. And uh, after a season of listening, uh, it just clicked, man. And it was like, okay, it's time to do some music. And uh, what's amazing about it is we haven't stopped. We didn't stop with finishing that album. We're still working on music. But a lot happened in that time, man. Um, and as you know, as good as I do, Dave, the industry can really slow you down. Um, it's a hard, hard business. And uh, we don't do it for a living, of course. Thank God it's not our only uh, means of of life. We have careers and we have jobs because if you were dependent on the music industry, it's a hard living, man. (laughs) For sure. But we are are blessed and uh, we're just thankful for the opportunity to to make a new album. You know, we we didn't even know if we were going to be blessed with that again, but uh, glad that it happened. And you've kept the band together for quite some time. What was it, 2008 when you started? Um, That's when we got saved and started doing Christian music. We've been doing music together since 1999. Our first song we ever recorded was in 1999, and we made uh, several underground albums, of course, in the secular world. Thank God all that's over. (laughs) It's really that big of a change for you personally. Oh, man. It's a whole other world, you know, the things... The things I used to think was important in life no longer are important anymore. The Lord changes your heart and he gives you a new heart's desire. When we gave our, our lives to the Lord and, and asked him to come into our hearts and to save us, it was just a change, man. You, you can't live the same way with Jesus in your heart, you know. Okay, so you've revealed the faith side of it, but I've got to know, 
are you really as backroads and small townish as what you hear on the album? <laughs> uh, we probably more. We, you know, we probably held back a little bit, man. Because I tell you like this, Dave, the closest Walmart's about forty-five minutes to an hour from here, and uh, it's a lot of dirt road between here and there. And that's the way we live, you know. It's not a gimmick, man. You know, I see some of these people uh, that come into the industry and just use the country style as a gimmick. Uh, but this is real life, man. We really grow in our own food and the Lord has just blessed us with this lifestyle and we love it. That always throws me about country artists that live down the block from me. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll put on this accent. You don't speak that way. So why are you singing that way? Well, that's how country's done. No, it's right. not. You're copying someone else. Sure. And that's very popular, man. I think, you know, I think in that case, Dave, people are just, they're feeding into the industry. And to, and to be honest with you, man, our first album, you don't hear as much as a uh, natural whosoever South as, as you hear now. I mean, because we wanted to give the industry what they wanted at that time in our life. We felt like that it was important. I mean, just to be honest with you, to impress the people in the industry and, and going out to try to get something. But God has taken us to a place now that we're making music for you guys, for our fans and for our friends. And we're making music that's real to our heart. See, this, the situation is we're not dependent on the industry to have a lifestyle. God has already supplied that for us and given us the means to make music because we love music now. Then maybe you should tell us what did the industry have to say about you when you first started up? Oh, man, it had a quick buzz. It's a quick thrill. Uh, everything was was really come on strong and um you know it'll let you down though it's it's you meet so many people in the industry and and I'm not being funny man but you would think in the Christian industry uh they would be more straight up people but the honest business of it is, is there's a lot of crooks in the industry and there's a lot of people with their hand out and everybody wants a piece of the pie but they don't want the artist to have anything and it's sad but that's just the truth of the matter um, it's a hard, hard way to make it. And, and it's very rarely that you get support, especially when you're producing content that is so different from everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So there's a lot of lesson to be learned and that we learned so much in that gap from 2014 to this new record. We learned so much at the ins and outs of the industry and how the music business works because we don't want to make the same mistakes over and over. You know, you, you want to learn from your mistakes and try to do better. Well, you've kept some things constant because for this new album, Backroads and Small Towns, Whosoever South hooked up again with a major producer. SF Absolutely. Fultz. Yes, sir. And, you know, our, our, our relationship is, is so much more than just music, man. We're friends. We've been through a lot together and uh, we met through the music industry, but we just built a relationship, man, just conversating about the Lord and, and just talking about God and his works and we just make music together, and he, he loves it. He's, he's a great artist. And we also hooked up with KJ again. Uh, he's been a, a friend all through the whole time, and we worked with him on our second album, KJ52, and he actually he actually helped produce a couple of the tracks, and he featured on a song on the new record also. We have a song called All One People, and it, uh, it talks about some of the problems that we're having. Our, our country is so divided right now, man, and... So we wanted to make a song that kind of pointed out some of the issues and to try to encourage people to pull together in unity uh, for the power and for the unity of the faith. And the name is We're All One People. 
And uh, I hope that you hear it, and, and I, I believe you'll enjoy it, Dave. I have heard it. You know, that song, We All Want People, talks about coming together. It carries the line, who's right and who's wrong? Nobody wins this fight if we can't get along. That's right. I do agree with your sentiments, but how will that take place? Like, how will the fighting stop? Right, exactly, man. And, you know, I'm not saying that I have, you know, the right answer or the right solution, but I do see the problem. And I know that um, there's a verse in uh, James that says, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak and slow to wrath. And I think that's what we need to do is more listening to each other and less talking and talking down to each other and be more patient. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we're all in this together, man. And we're not gaining any ground by fighting and arguing. and It's not helping us. That w- That's what the enemy would want. He would want strife and confusion uh, amongst the body. And uh, how, you know, think about this, Dave. How would an unsaved person uh, perceive us if all they see us do is argue about politics or about social issues or, or about things that's going on? We can't even be mature enough to talk about real subjects and real topics on the table uh, as Christians uh, without having a fallout about it. So, of course, they look at us like it's a joke. And, and I think that the Lord has been dealing with me, but not only me, but other artists that I know about the same issue. These problems have to be discussed. Sure, they're real issues, but at the same time, we need to be doing it in a loving manner and in a patient way, you know? Absolutely. This is where Christians get criticized because so often we come on sort of heavy-handed telling people that, well, you're walking the wrong walk and you've got to accept God right now. Otherwise, you're going to burn in the fiery pit. Right, yeah. You know, hell is real. You know, I believe hell is a real thing. Sin is real. But I believe it's in love. I know it's love that brought me to repentance. What brought me to Jesus was people loving me and in love telling me the truth. Not tearing me down or telling me what was wrong with me, but telling me that God has a better life for me. And even in my sin and in my lost and in my darkness I was living in, they still loved me and showed compassion to me. And because of that, I wanted to know more about their Savior. And I wanted to know more about Jesus. And that's what drew me uh, in my personal experience. You just did a great segue there into the next topic. You look like this big, tough guy, but I think you're actually a softie because you wrote a great love song for your wife. Yeah, yeah, I did, man. And, you know, uh, I wrote the song just before, about, about a week before Valentine's, I was just thinking about, you know, what, what would be really important, you know, Sarah's is my life, man. And we've been together since the seventh grade in middle school. And she just means everything to me. And, and I wanted to write a song for her. I'd never sit down and actually wrote a song directly to her. And I just prayed about it, you know, and the Lord helped me put it together and was able to record it. And another day or so later, mix it, master it. And, but it's all words from the heart. You know, I mean what I say, but, but I promise you this, I ain't soft, Dave, <laughs> but but I love my woman, that's for sure. And how did she react to the song? Oh, man, she loved it, man. Come on. She took me fishing and everything. <laughs> She's going to give you a lot of grace for that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if I get in big trouble, man, I just run in there and put the song on. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just, but it, it did. It came out good. We enjoy it, man, and we had a good time with it. Here's something that I was wanting to bring up with Sarah, but since she's not here, you're going to have to answer it for her. Yeah, okay. 
Obviously, we live in a misogynistic society. So what I wanted to ask Sarah, would she think that back roads and small towns gives a balanced worldview? A balanced worldview, huh? That would be a good question for her. You know, I, I don't know. You know, to be honest with you, Dave, we only know what, what we believe and, and what what's in our heart. And uh, we're not really familiar with, with all the other worldviews. You know what I'm saying? All we know how to do is, is present to you what we know and what we believe and what the Lord has put on our heart. Uh, we don't know so much about the rest of it. I mean, how do you feel about that? If if you had to answer that question, what what do you think? Do you think the album does that? I think it does it to a degree, yes. But right. again, we're talking about a different society, a different culture yeah. from where you live to here I am a few thousand kilometers further north. That's right. And I think that it would be hard for someone that that lives in the city or let's just say in, in, in our own home state, uh, downtown Atlanta, it would be hard for them to directly relate to the things we sing about and rap about. But at the end of the day, every person alive has some country roots in them. Your grandma or your grandpa or your aunt, or uncle, somebody, you know, uh, gets down in the country and anytime you get around them, you have a good time and nobody never forgets that. No one never forgets a, a, a trip on the river or a kayak trip or a camping trip. It's just those type of things that we actually been blessed to be able to live. Even though someone might not living in that climate or that atmosphere, they can all relate to it. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I've been wondering if whosoever South might end up upsetting the people of Georgia. The state song has been Georgia on my mind for decades. Yeah. And will your song Georgia make the state want to switch i don't know man it's hard to say you know the the song actually done very well on facebook it's had right at five hundred thousand views and i don't know how many comments man but so far dave the comments have been very positive i mean out of you know maybe there's maybe one every couple hundred that comes on there that just is not feeling it and we respect that as well you know if, if you don't like rap or hip-hop I don't think we did no damage to the to the song Georgia on my mind, of course, because that's where the that's where the thought and idea came from. We just took it in a different route, you know. And it's a killer good song. And I think Ray Charles would love it himself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you would have had Ray singing it from stage. Oh man, that would have been the bomb. So we went for the second best, which was Mike Mitchell. There you go. <laughs> and Mike does a really good job on it. Yes, he does, man. Yes, he does. How was it that he got connected with you in the first place? Well, let's see. So I guess we met Mike, man, um, late 90s. I was working on a, a, a rap song, and uh, I was looking for someone to sing a chorus for me. And I had talked to some boys around the, the area, and they, they mentioned his name. Uh, at that time, he was doing some talent show stuff at the high school and uh, had did a Garth Brooks song and I think took first place in the talent show. Uh, they kind of pointed me in the right direction. I just went and knocked on his door, man, and said, look, I'm making music. I heard you can sing. Let's see what we can do. And, man, it's just been on from there out, you know. How great to have a friend like that. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's just been a lifelong friendship. You've already brought up about your Christian faith, and that gets shared quite a bit in back roads and small towns. Is that really the purpose of the band? It's to spread a message? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Um, I think it's important that 
you enjoy music and you enjoy making music, but ultimately at the end of the day, I think it's more important to use the talents that God has given us to lift up Jesus. And uh, there's never been a concert or an event or, or any kind of show that we've been invited to and been a part of that we wasn't able to present the gospel. And uh, that's what saved us. I mean, the Lord only knows where we would be had we not came to him. Uh, I, I can imagine I would probably be uh, definitely dead or in prison uh, at the route I was heading. But he saved me, man. And because he did that, uh, it's, it's only right that we share his love and, and his word any opportunity we get, you know. Well, Rowdy, thanks so much for coming for this talk. Say hi to Mike and Sarah for me, and best of luck with Backroads and Small Towns. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it, man. And it's always a pleasure talking with you, brother.